This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. Hope you're well rested after Vanderpump Rules Reunion Part 2. See, here's the thing, and I have had a miserable sleeping week because it's reunion week. You know, we have three toxic reunions back to back to back with Summer House, with New Jersey, and now with the Vanderpump Rules. And the problem with this is being a pop culture commentator. You know, I watch these reunions and then my mind just races all night long about things I want to say and points I want to make and what I want to talk about on the podcast. It's like opening up Pandora's box. So literally, I wake up, you guys know I'm like... I work the worst schedule. I shouldn't say the worst, but I hate it. I uh, wake up at like five o'clock in the morning. I haven't been going to bed until like midnight. So if I'm a little delu, delulu, delusional today, it's because I'm running on like minimal sleep. Also, fun fact of the day. I know probably a lot of people don't care, but some people might. Fiance David, by this time next week, we'll be back in the US of A, baby. Oh, yeah. He's flying in on Monday. He's been in London for two months. And you know what I saw today? I'm slowly but surely regaining hope because, you know, we've been waiting for our K-1 visa for a year, 12 months. May 25th was officially our year (laughs) anniversary, even though it's not a funny anniversary of waiting for our fiance visa. In my support group today, I saw that somebody from May 17th got approved. And we filed on May 25th. So it could be literal days, days away from finally hearing something. And of course, that doesn't mean the journey is over. But, you know, just looking forward to a lot of things in life right now. One of those things not being going over the Summer House reunion, but of course we are going to get into that a little bit later. But first, your pop three, the biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. I want to start with Vanderpump Rules. Will Raquel be back for season 11? Um, Just a reminder, we will do a Vanderpump Rules reunion recap on the Patreon on Friday. The link is in the description below, so make sure you're subscribed. But anyways, you know, Sheena Shea... God bless Sheena Shea. She is like writing the Scandal Bible for us at this point, where I feel like as some other Vanderpump Rule stars have fallen off the Scandal bandwagon, Sheena is still like conductor of the Scandal train. Choo-choo, all aboard the Sheena Shea shenanigans podcast because she lets all the messy details fly. First, Brock said that Raquel started sending postcards to Ariana and Tom's house, you know, because she's in Arizona. She was sending letters, but then she realized that Ariana wasn't able to read them because it's illegal to open somebody's mail. So she's sending postcards. She changed the strategy 
from closed letters to postcards. After Ariana said, you know, publicly on Watch What Happens Live that she couldn't read it and also that there was a lightning bolt on the postcard. It's just sickening. It's subhuman, demented, poo-poo head behavior. And then you get this picture over the weekend of Tom on an airplane talking to Raquel Levis, full name, full name on the phone. And I'm just, at this point, I really do feel like Ariana is right when she says that Tom is loving the publicity no matter what, because he's like on an airplane and he's completely tilting his phone to one direction, the the direction of the aisle, like with Raquel Levis on blast. Who's not going to take a picture of that in today's day and age with Scandaval? literally everywhere not only that he's posting you know tmz articles about how well his band is doing and how they're selling out all these shows i can't tell you how many dms i got from people that are around the area of where he's doing these shows and be like it was a free show morgan like i don't know what he's talking about also like come on his team probably sent that into tmz let's not get it twisted. But Sheena also said on her podcast that she's tried checking in with Tom um, because one of their close friends did pass away recently. I don't think this person was friends with Sheena, but um, this person was friends with Ariana, with Tom. I saw them post about it on their Instagram. And she said, you know, she was worried about him, um, everything that he's dealt with and now dealing with the death of one of his close friends. She said, I reached out and he didn't respond to her. She said the second one didn't even deliver. So she thought he turned his phone off, but it was a few days ago and it's still not, it's still never delivered. So maybe she got the block, you know, and, and Jax was on that podcast episode and Gina and Jax both agreed that it's gotten to a place where like something really serious could happen. Even Jax said, I've gone through a lot on the show, but nothing like this. And now you're putting his best friend's death on top of that. And the fact that his family is not all on board with him. And Jax said that I would be, you know, in a dark hole. Even Andy was on not skinny, but not fat. Um, this week saying, you know, that we need to cool it on Tom a little bit, saying he's a real person. He did something really stupid and hurtful and asinine, but he didn't kill anyone. He didn't commit a crime, um, which it is what it is. I mean, hello. I don't have to say it. You guys know. I don't even like when people on my page tag the Bravo Liberty, which some of you, some of you. We're doing that with Paige this week. And I don't like it. I will delete it every single time. And if I see it happen multiple times, I'll block you. I'll put you in timeout. Just like, like I don't know. Everything is a Scannaball reference now. So when I say I put you in timeout, I hear James Kennedy. I'm going to send you to timeout. You know, like whatever. Okay. So is Raquel coming back for a season 11? According to Sheena, she says, I have a feeling her family's not going to allow her to come back. She said, from what I've heard, her family just said, uh, this isn't working in her favor. They didn't want her to continue to be a part of it. Brock said he hopes she does come back and that he thinks everyone needs to see how this unfolds. But, and I can't remember if this was in the first part of the reunion or not, but I did hear it somewhere that Raquel's family was actually the one that really pushed Raquel to file the restraining order against Sheena. Did Sandoval say that in part one? Where he was like, she didn't want to, but her family made her do it. I don't know. So, I mean, her family told her to 
file a restraining order and she did. So it's like, will she also maybe not come back to season 11? I'm not sure. We have an Amanda and a Chrishell update. I gave you guys the tea last week from a verified source about what went down with Chrishell and Amanda that has caused this fallout. Um, long story short, what I was told from just one source, and I probably should have asked more, but I'm scared. Um, Chriselle hired Amanda to stage G Flip's studio. Um, Chriselle apparently didn't like it or didn't like the work ethic. The story was that Chriselle fired Amanda on the spot and didn't pay her back. They've both entered the chat in different ways. Okay, so Chriselle commented on my post saying this is not remotely true with an eye roll emoji. So I responded and tagged her. Yes, I said, well, tell us your side of the story then, Chriselle. No response, but she was posting like her get ready, get ready with me 10 minutes later. So I know it was on her radar. I know she saw my comment back and she didn't say anything, which it's like, why not? You know, and then we get this Us Weekly article where Chrishell confirms that it did have to do with G Flip. It did have to do with a design project. Um, So what part isn't remotely true? Is it that Chrishell didn't pay her? Because Chriselle said in that Us Weekly interview, I paid her back for everything. Well, then Amanda gets on her Instagram story and says, you know, there was a situation and it was handled in a way that I completely disagree with. I'm reading things in the media that I completely disagree with because it's not exact facts. And then Amanda said, everything that is being spoken is only one side. So I feel like I was kind of right. You know what I mean? Like something happened and it had to do with G flip and the design renovation that Amanza was hired for. And, you know, Chriselle said in that interview too, that G G agreed to come on the show, but Chriselle's very protective over G saying, if there's any drama, like we're putting it at an arm's length because I'm not getting G involved with all the drama that comes on selling sunset. G didn't sign up for that. I did. So what is the drama? You know, we know what my source said the drama was. Chriselle saying that that's not the drama. Amanda saying what Chriselle is saying is not entirely factual. So I swear if Chriselle comments on my video and I end up being right, the wrath is coming. I won't do anything. Like, who am I trying to get? Okay. Today's podcast sponsor is OneSkin. And if you have sensitive skin, listen up. We got to talk about their scientifically proven topical supplements. Free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red and itchy and irritated, all the stuff we hate, their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Not only that, they're the first and only skin longevity company to target cellular senescence, a key hallmark of aging. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Say no more. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask where you heard about them. Please support the show. Support your girl. Tell them I sent you because we give credit where credit is due here at MPT. Third and final headline in this week's pop three, Bartise from Love is Blind and Perfect Match reveals when he conceived his son while filming. So finally getting some answers about this one because it was like a collective, huh? 
from everybody that watches these shows when Bartise announced in April that he had a son. A lot of fans were like, what? When did this happen? We're confused because after all, he had starred in both Love is Blind season three and Perfect Match season one, which like premiered within six months of each other. Obviously, the filming timelines are a little different, which we'll get into in a little bit. But he did a podcast interview earlier this week saying, I did Love is Blind. I did Perfect Match. I had a son. And the timeline of all that, how it plays out like on camera doesn't make any sense. So what actually happened was he filmed Love is Blind. He had a whole relationship between Love is Blind and Perfect Match, filmed Perfect Match, came back and conceived a son, which raises some questions, right? Like if he had a full-blown relationship in between Love is Blind and Perfect Match, why go on Perfect Match? And if it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, we were casually seeing each other and I still wanted to go on the show. You don't casually see someone go to film, come back and conceive a child. Am I crazy? Am I nutso? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Um, He then explained that he waited to make the announcement until after Perfect Match premiered because he didn't want to put his son or, you know, his baby mama in the spotlight. He said, I needed to keep it private. There's a difference between privacy and secrecy, which I agree with. Um, And, you know, just the logistical timeline of it. They filmed Love is Blind in June of 2021. Perfect Match was filmed March of 2022. So there's about a seven or eight month window there. I mean, obviously that's when they begin filming. So it's probably more like six months. Um, But he said, I'm so proud of the relationship that we all have, the three of us together, even though we're not dating, we are friends. We are single parenting and co-parenting at the same time. I don't want to rain on Bartise's parade. Like maybe... Maybe he had this relationship. It didn't work out. Then he went to film Perfect Match and he came back and like it was uh it was like a comfort thing. You know, maybe he was sad that none of his perfect matches played out. So he wanted to like hook back up with the girl. I don't I don't know, but what a wild, wild ride we went on with Bartise. Okay. Now let's get into the deep dive. Every week on my Instagram at Morgan P Talks, I open up the deep dive submissions for you, whatever it is that you want to know more about. It's for the people by the people. And this week, our deep dive submission comes from Sammy. Hey, Morgan, this is Sammy from Portland, Oregon. You know, we've got to talk about that summer house reunion. But can you also tell us what happened with Craig at Kyle and Amanda's wedding? And do you think Lindsay and Carl leaked it? Thanks for feeding my unhealthy Bravo obsession. You always pull through with the hot takes. Love you like a sis. Sammy, love you like a sis. Okay, we are going to get into all of it. What happened at Kyle and Amanda's wedding and the summer house reunion. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Did y'all see my comment section this week? Because, wow. Wow. (gasps) Oh, I got the mob on me this week. Um, I got the page mob on me this week because, quite frankly, she's been annoying me to no end. And I will get to that. But so many DMs this week. And I'll just address this right off the bat. So many DMs. So many comments. You're so biased towards Lindsay Hubbard. Lindsay Dale Hubbard Morgan, can you just get your head out of her butt for five seconds, Morgan? First of all, let me just say, this is my opinion about this season that I am watching. 
And you can have an opposite opinion and it's totally fine. Like, why does it matter? I, when I tell you people were angry at me in my DMs, like, I'm unfollowing you. You are fake. I'm like, fake news. I'm a Bravo commentator. I'm not working on CNN. What do you want from me? It's an opinion and you're allowed, you're allowed to have an opinion. I mean, do you want me to list out all the things that I haven't liked from Lindsay Hubbard over the years? I can do that. I will do that. I don't like when she told Hannah that she needed to dress more girly because I don't dress girly. And I thought that was rude. She apologized. They moved on. I don't like that. Lindsay Hubbard yelled at Carl this season. Like, the one time that she got activated, you can't go against Carlito, the one person in the house that has your back. I think she was cold to Danielle during that final conversation. I think it's a trauma response based on her abandonment issues, but I do think that she could have been a little bit more open in receiving that conversation. But I also think that Danielle came in hot and didn't help the situation. So like, if I was ever on the receiving end of an activated Lindsay, I would be terrified, scared to death probably crying in a corner somewhere. Is that enough for you people that are coming for me? But what I hate more than anything is a pile on season two years in a row where one singular conflict never gets explained, never gets resolved, never gets brought up on camera. It's tired. And if it was a Sierra pylon, if it was a page pylon, I would literally feel the exact same way. Are you guys watching this? Are you enjoying this? Nobody enjoys this. None of them are perfect. The whole Summer House cast have had moments where they're complete and total tool bags. Okay? Do you want me to go through and list every single one of them? But they contribute to the entertainment value of the show. You can't tell me that an activated Lindsay doesn't contribute to the entertainment value of the show. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me that the cheating debacles that have engulfed Kyle throughout the years have not contributed to the entertainment value of the show. And I get it. It's a fine line, especially in today's day and age with social media, where these Bravo celebrities can slide into your DMs at any moment and intimidate you into saying something about them or not saying something about them. But at the end of the day, for me, it's not personal. I'm looking at this strictly from an entertainment value. And what do I get after, like, what do I get from it? At this point, it seems that it's obvious they're trying to force Lindsay and Carl out. And I don't like that. As somebody who has watched the show from season one, seeing Carl and Lindsay from season one and seeing to where they are now, I want to see them get married. Am I crazy for that? I mean, really. And let's not get it twisted. Let's not get it twisted. If the roles were reversed, and Lindsay acted the way that Paige did at the reunion, oh, it would be over. It would be over. You know it. I know it. Let's talk about the reunion. I heard our dear friend Sam Bush, a podcast host of Hot Off the Mess. She wrote the article about Craig at the wedding. We'll get into it. But I was listening to her podcast this week, and she called it the hypocrisy house. And that is the most accurate portrayal of what is going on here. And that's why it drove me insane. Most of it honestly came from Kyle. 
you know, the self-produced comment came from Kyle Cook. And then you have Amanda immediately say, you know, you you have Kyle say, Lindsay, you self-produce everything and you plan everything. And then in the same exact breath, you have Amanda come in and say, you brought the cheating scan, the cheating DM up on camera. I wish you would have talked to me off camera. We could have discussed how we were going to go about it on camera because it's humiliating. And I get that. From a human level, from Amanda's standpoint, I get that. You don't want that out there. But you cannot have your cake and eat it too. You cannot sit there and say that one person is produced and then say, oh, we should have had this side conversation off camera and then say that you're not. Like, <laughs> I mean, another example, not only that last year. They had this big blowout fight weekend one, first night they were there. And Amanda says the whole weekend, now is not the time to talk about it. Now is not the time to talk about it. And then days later, they have a conversation on camera about it in their apartment. Why? Because Amanda wanted to talk to Kyle about it off camera first to discuss, to really hash it out, to be real in the moment and not have the thought of camera in your face while you're doing it. And then later they would say, okay, we know we have to have this conversation on camera. How are we going to go about it? That's called being self-produced. They only want it when it is to their benefit. And everyone does it. I'm not saying that Kyle and Amanda are the only people that do it. I think Lindsay does it. I think Carl does it. You don't think Paige and Craig had any idea that they were going to sit down on camera three times to have conversations about where they were going to move to? It happens. So they're mad that she brings things up on camera and we get Amanda's side finally. And I've always thought that Paige, not only did the hatred for Lindsay start with her first season where, you know, Lindsay was very activated. She was a bit harsh towards Paige. Not only that, but then the season later where Lindsay brings up the fact that Craig is hooking up with Kristen on camera. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You, I know that they, Paige and Amanda, BFFs, are sitting there having conversations behind the scenes that go something like this. This is just what Lindsay does. You know, she's not a good friend because she never brings up these uh, scandalous moments like behind closed doors. It's always on camera. She doesn't care about us. She cares about making good TV. She cares about being dramatic. Why do you think Lindsay brought up the cheating scandal on camera and not to me first? And then Paige, she did the same thing to me with Craig and Kristen. You know, like that is the conversations that they are having behind the scenes. And like I said, to an extent... 
I get it. If I was in Amanda's shoes and I had been cheated on, I probably wouldn't want the whole world to find out that way either. But did Amanda pull Lindsay aside off camera to tell her that everyone was talking about her and Austin on the last season of Winter House, questioning if Lindsay was faithful to Carl in the beginning of her relationship? No, she did not. So again, it's like only when it's to their benefit do they want to have this argument. And I think, honestly, this changes for shows the longer they're on the air. Can you imagine Jax Taylor telling Brittany Cartwright beforehand off camera that he cheated with her on with her? He cheated on her with Faith. Can you imagine? Think about Vanderpump Rules as a whole with Miami Girl, with Stassi and Kristen, with Jax and Kristen, with Kristen and Tom, any of these scenarios. Do you think that they were having these conversations in the early days? Okay, how are we going to go about this? No, and that's what made it so great. That's what makes reality TV good is the reality of it. And I think the Summer House crew has let fame get to their heads, all of them. And I think the Vanderpump Rules crew has too. And I think that's why they struggled up until this scandal bombshell. You know, before this, they were on life support. I think Summer House was headed for the same direction because they got the taste of what it's like to really put it all out there and they didn't like it. And reality TV is a strange beast. Like, I'm not made for it. A lot of people aren't made for it. But I think that argument diminishes the entertainment value of the show because it comes across as fake. Then you have Kyle, again, questioning Lindsay about her drinking. It is a valid concern. The way that Kyle brings that up, you know, I'm concerned for my sober friend who is dating Lindsay, who gets very activated when she drinks. She has cut down her drinking ever since she started dating Carl. And while I find that commendable, I worry about the future if she does start drinking again. Valid concern. Nobody's saying that that's not valid. But coming from Kyle, president of the hypocrisy house, who says he's a goofball when he drinks, a goofball. Sir, goofball is not the right term to use when we're talking about Kyle and his drinking. Kyle not answering Amanda's 25 phone calls. Kyle yelling at women. Kyle screaming at Lindsay at the beginning of the season, but he's just a goofball. Kyle blacking out and cheating on his girlfriend in seasons past, but he's just a goofball. Like... Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy town. I am living in crazy town. Population one, me. Kyle also says that Lindsay isn't allowed to bring up the cheating DM on camera, but he goes on a rampage about his best friend's former substance abuse issues on camera when Carl is not there. It's just, it's too much. It's too much hypocrisy in 143 minute episode of a summer house reunion. They're bringing things up that happened four years ago, three years ago. I mean, think about it in part one of the reunion. What did they actually talk about that happened this season? Gabby and Sierra and Maya and Sam, their conflict. And I thought that was the most interesting part of the whole entire reunion. Not only that, they're talking about things that happen on social media, which leads to the crag of it all. There was an article written by Samantha Bush, like I said, Midwestern girly. Love her. 
podcast host of Hot Off the Mass, fellow dip girly. Sam and I started at the dip. She worked there for about a year before I started. But that's, you know, both of our podcasts were born at the dip. We were both writing articles for the dip. And Sam wrote this article that Craig allegedly got kicked out of Kyle and Amanda's wedding for being too drunk. In the article, Sam said she had three anonymous sources, but verified sources on Craig's podcast, Pillows and Beer. Craig's co-host, Austin, said that Craig was lit, no doubt about it. Craig agreed, you know, saying that he wrecked his tuxedo that night because he was dancing so hard. He said he was doing somersaults at one point. Like everyone was drunk. We can agree. So according to Sam's article, April 26th of last year, 2022, was the first multiple vetted and verified wedding attendees DM um, about what happened that night. So she said in the article, my source claims Craig was kicked out of Amanda and Kyle's wedding for being too drunk. But a source close to Craig claims that didn't happen at all. Bravo declined to comment. Source A, and this is who Paige thinks knows, even though it's not, is Lindsay and Carl. Source A, according to Sam, says, a first source attended the wedding, DM me, and said Craig was on one at Kyle and Amanda's wedding. Guest A claimed that the Batulas had a set-up bathroom outside for the guests, you know, like nice, fancy porta-potties, and had asked that only the wedding party use the bathrooms inside the house. According to this particular source, Craig ignored the request and tried to use the upstairs bathroom inside the Batula home. When Craig was told he couldn't use it, he reportedly got angry and cursed out the person who gave him the news. As a result, Craig was asked to leave and was kicked out. Okay. Then source B says a producer for Summer House called Craig the next day and told him to apologize for the incident. Then source C she says, my third verified source shared information with me a few days after all of this was brought to my attention. Attendee C also claimed that Craig was kicked out of Kyle and Amanda's wedding for being too drunk. Okay. Paige is adamant that it was Lindsay and Carl. It was not Lindsay and Carl. And I know for a hundred percent fact because I t- a talked to Sam. If you listen to her podcast episode this week, she says the same thing. She says, you know, source A, the first person to come to me with this was not Lindsay or Carl. And if Paige knew who really leaked it, my, oh my, would she change her tune and quick. You know, I can't reveal Sam's sources because we have integrity, but the deflection on that one is real. Now, Here's the issue. This article about Craig getting kicked out of Kymanda's wedding came out May 11th, 2022, roughly a month before they started filming that past season of Summer House. Where was this energy from Paige about this article in the house? Bring this up on camera. Why wouldn't you? Maybe Paige didn't want to bring it up on camera because it makes her boyfriend look bad, which if that's the case, that's called being self-produced. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was because, according to All Involved, Paige and Lindsay had a truce going into the summer. But it just feels odd to be so cool and chill throughout the whole summer and then to come in hot with this hatred about this article when you guys said you were going to have a truce. you know. And now this is starting to be a Paige trend a reunion trend to be more mild during the season, not really get involved in a lot of drama, and then to show up the reunion guns blazing 
and have everybody talking about her. If the season would have ended after the finale, would we be talking about Paige at all based on the season? Not 1% would we be talking about anything about Paige, really. But now, because she really inserted herself at the reunion, we're talking about Paige, who spent her summer making a mega bed. And it's like, is this her way of securing another season? Because now everybody is talking about her in the final hour. Like 99% of the things that she said on the couch, you know, talked about we didn't see on the show, which does not make for good TV. Didn't it feel disconnected like for you? I mean, and I, I don't know. Okay, so the article was not talked about on the show. Paige saying that Lindsay said that she weaponized her miscarriage. Uh, Did Lindsay ever say that? I don't know. I know people online said that, but I don't know that that ever came from Lindsay in an article. I'd have to look it up. I, I can't tell you for certain whether she did or didn't, but let's talk about the People Magazine article. I know how People Magazine works. No, you don't. Okay. And even though Carl says he didn't call people, like, so what if he did? You're trying to tell me that you, it it infuriates me, the hypocrisy. Paige has made a living off of Summer House with Giggly Squad and her, you know, fashion contributor stuff. Do you think she would be anywhere near as popular as she is if she didn't have the show? No. So what if Carl and Lindsay want to call People Magazine? When they get engaged, but also all you have to do is look at the article to know that it did not come out four hours after they got engaged. They got engaged on Saturday afternoon. They had their engagement party Saturday night. It was all over social media. Don't you remember the pictures from Dockers were being leaked? Go to peoplemagazine.com and you'll see that this article was published on August 28th, 2022 at 1.38 p.m., which was Sunday, almost a full 24 hours after they got engaged. So it's like Andrea told us last week, they had a photographer on set. They sent people the pictures. Dave Quinn, who wrote the article, clapped back on Twitter. Somebody asked, is Paige correct? Was it premeditated? Dave said, not at all. A rep from the network called and asked people to run a story because Lindsay and Carl were celebrating in a public space where plenty of people could see them. It was being leaked, okay, all over the internet. He said, Bravo worried the news would be leaked, likely by those people or by their co-stars, so I wrote fast. Perhaps Paige doesn't, in fact, know how People Magazine works, but I'm happy to fill her in anytime she wants. And who cares if it was? We're talking about someone who plans where she lives around Bravo's filming schedule. But Carl and Lindsay can't post about their engagement in People Magazine. Every Bachelor Nation couple does it. It just is crazy to me. Like, And I wouldn't be half as annoyed if they brought this energy to the show. Because now it feels like a waste of my time. You know, like I just wasted an entire season and... I heard nothing from Paige about this the entire season. Part one, we didn't even get to Danielle and Lindsay. And that's what the whole entire season was about. It's just there is a disconnect. So is Lindsay a perfect person? Absolutely not. None of them are. Is Lindsay mean sometimes? Yeah, I think all of them are. But if these people can't move on from stuff that happened ages ago, like what are you doing here? It's killing the show. 
It is killing the show. So my predictions, oh Lord. I mean, I don't see them letting Lindsay and Carl go the summer before their wedding. I just don't. I think there is a potential that this could be their last season, you know, or at least on summer house as we know it. Uh, You know, we've heard that they might be changing things up and they might be filming more in the city. I don't know. Could, could their wedding be the farewell, you know, to, to the version of summer house that we know. Um, I don't know. I don't even really think that they'll do any drastic rebrand of the show this year. I've heard maybe some winter house castmates have been approached. I don't know, like on what reoccurrence, if they're going to be just friends of that come in kind of like Andrea. But to me, that says that Danielle will return because, you know, she was on winter house. But, you know, this really reminds me of the fallout with Hannah. And what did Kyle say to Hannah Burner on her last season that this show was built around a group of friends that have fun in the Hamptons on the weekends in the summer? This show is supposed to be about friends. How do we get back to that? Do we get back to that? It seems like they all hate each other. And you cannot convince an audience that this is a show about a group of friends when you all hate each other. And it's very apparent that you do. So honestly, like if Lindsay and Paige joined forces, they would be unstoppable, unstoppable. It's like, can we just not even pretend to get along? Like you don't have to love everybody. You don't, you don't really even have to like everybody, but are you able to have fun with them? I don't know. God, I don't know, but it's, it's killing me. It's killing me. Okay, I'm ready for the page stands to slide into my DMs, but hopefully, my gosh, I explained a little bit better why I just think the whole thing is ridiculous. Okay, I feel like I just went through a therapy session. Final thoughts, the Kardashians, like as if I'm already not in a bad enough mood going on a 25-minute rant about how awful this season of Summer House was. Now I got to talk about the Kardashian season three major flop major flop. I forgot about it, to be completely honest with you. Scandival is just holding us hostage at this point, but I did watch it a couple days later and like, I don't even remember anything from it. That's the only note I have. Final thoughts, the Kardashians flop in all capital letters. (laughs) Let's see what I can remember. Courtney's in her love bubble with Travis, which is fine. Kylie and Kendall Practice driving stick shift for 10 minutes. I'm not joking. And I'm like, what am I watching? I'm not one of those people who are like, I want to see more Kendall and Kylie. I'm good. I'm good on Kendall and Kylie. Chloe and Kim carry the show on their back, truly. And it's like, I don't care for the fluff. I don't care for the fluff of them going to the grocery store last year. I don't care about Kylie learning to drive stick shift. She's driving in the middle of the California roads. Like you're going to get in a car accident. Can you please stop? I had it on while I was doing the dishes because I was just so crazy to me. The most interesting parts of it, like I said, came from Chloe and Kim, you know, Chloe has melanoma on her face. It's very sad. You know, she's dealing still with stuff from Tristan. We're going to see him a little bit later on in the season. Um, and then the, the most interesting part to me was the end where Kim talks about Kanye in this, you know what, my God, we are learning about reality TV today because the same argument that I just made for summer house applies to the Kardashians. If they would just 
keep it 100% real and show all the real drama that's going on in their life. Cause you know, it, you know, things are popping off behind the scenes left and right in Kardashian land. They would have a hit show on their hands. They would, they would, but instead they want to like protect their peace. They want to show like an edited version, you know, glamor, glitz, luxury, whatever. But the most intriguing part of the whole episode was Kim talking about Kanye and how she's like, he's ruining my life. You know, I can't have one day because I have to hold it together for everybody else. The kids love their dad. I have to be the one that's always like, yes, he's the greatest, but he's doing far more damage than I have done in my past with the things that he does in the media. And I'm like, more of this, more of this, more of this with Tristan. I want to see the family hate on Tristan. I want to see the family hate on Courtney not wanting to work, even though I get it. I like the older I get, the more team Courtney I am with that whole situation. I used to think it was miserable. I used to think she was like a drag, but now I'm like, yeah, I get it, Courtney. And I don't even have kids. You know, she's like 12 years older than me. And I'm like, I get it. I don't want to work either. So there you have it. We'll see if it uh, lives up to the hype. I mean, Scott does come back. So there's like some hope that it would be a little bit entertaining, but that's all I have for you. Make sure you're subscribed to the Patreon. Vanderpump Rules reunion recap coming out on Friday. The link is below. Leave a review. Uh, Don't leave a review if it's like one star, but a little five stars, a little love you like a sis. Thanks for hanging. We'll see you next time because you know I do. Love you like a sis. Bye. A Huda Media Production.